listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Bellman and Jared Watson. Brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. Hello and welcome. He's Andy Bellman. I'm Jared Watson. And this podcast is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Check him out original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Also coming soon to Evergreen Podcasts. Well, uh, we're going to do a quick intro here for an interview that we did about a week ago with Mandy Bell. So this is an addendum to our Indians wrap up with Indians beat reporter Mandy Bell from last week uh, because some things have changed in the meantime. Uh, there are rumors flying all over the place regarding Frankie Lindor and an imminent trade which will take place prior to opening day. We knew it was coming. That's not the only thing we're going to talk about. Andy, um, let's just go ahead and, and start with the lead here. Um, Frankie, as expected, uh, is, is going to be traded. I think we already kind of accepted it, but now from Bob Nightingale, who's a reputable reporter on baseball, um, the, the beginning of the end is, is near for us and um, yeah. as Indians fans cheering for Lindor. Um, to be honest with you, I've come to grips with this after the Yankees game. Um, I just did not see the place. I've been defending Lindor staying. I want Lindor to stay. I want to repeat that. I want Lindor to stay. Yeah. I know, though, there's economic issues. Um, I know that's not fair to rip that, too, as people have been saying on Twitter. And it's fairly, you know, billionaires crying about millions. And, you know, that that's all fair. I'm not going to get into that today, though. Cleveland that's not Browns. my spot. But that's not an unfair comment. I totally get it. I think the Indians should try to keep one door. It's already been – I'm just starting to accept it. I don't think – Jared, it's just hard for me to get my head around it. And I think the biggest thing is that we had talked about, which we get into Mandy in the show, the transition is happening. There's going to be some very good talented pitching, Bieber being led by the by Bieber and Plesac and others. But Jared, for being honest, the transition is starting, and Lindor trading is probably going to be the big kickoff. Right, Lindor trading, uh, contracts not being picked up. Yeah. Um, the Indians yeah. are freeing up a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, so, uh, um, forgive me, Andy, if, uh, if if I'm if I'm messing this up. But uh, was there more that was there more in that week? Uh, since talking to Mandy that had popped up or was it just that Frankie stuff? Okay. For Frank- some reason I had on my mind, the, the Brad hand contract oh, and, all yeah, that, the Brad but, hand and all that stuff did happen too. That yes, stuff did happen. But did that, that, that happened. Didn't that happen prior to our conversation with Mandy? No. So exact. So we are talking about those things. That's yeah. okay. I thought so. Man, yeah. time this this past week has just been something. And it, well, with us, the election, so. <laughs> with the election, everybody's taking a mental break. I couldn't remember I, what happened when. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm one who works throughout the day on Friday. I'm even taking time off after this. Well, and yeah, I, yeah, was, exactly. It was, it was, we all we all need it. And, sure, and, but, and admittedly, we didn't really come up with notes to roll into this uh, this little change up for the beginning of this episode. You're gonna, anyway, you're gonna so. laugh. You're gonna laugh. I sent you an email, but it's okay. Oh, well, I just got, <laughs> I had to rush home because I was dealing with an HVAC guy at my house because you know, no, 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 no. new house and you know what? Of, yeah, life is life is crazy, man. Go ahead, life, life is crazy. So here's the here's the everybody laugh after this. OK, Roberto Perez is coming back. We talked about it. We all thought that Mandy agreed. Roberto Perez is coming back. We, right. we said at the end of the show, we thought he should come back. He does. It's five point five million. Brad Hand's gone. It's going to cost the tribe a million bucks. They're really lucky with these contracts. They have a lot of good buyouts this year. Really played well into the pandemic year for the economic strap team. Brad Hand's gone, uh, made a lot of sense. There's really nothing to elaborate. He's a good man. Uh, we talked about this on a couple other podcasts from Cleveland Beyond leading up to this one, Manny Bell. Good man. But to pay a high-priced talent closer, you got to be a talented, high-end closer. He's not anymore. He's middle of the road at best. Right. And, and, and with other things coming in, it just it didn't make sense. 
Brad Hand coming back really didn't make sense with Karen Shack and Classe behind him. Carlos Santana had a $17.5 million option. He did not get that. He got a $500,000 buyout. Um, same thing here, really. We love Santana. His magical season of 19 was wonderful. He's a good man. He is going to be remembered as an Indian, actually. And it's funny. If you would have guessed that five years ago, I don't think many would have said that. I will remember him as an Indian. He oh, yeah, a, absolutely. Same. He, he, in, in the same way in the same way that Jim Tomey wore a bunch of different uniforms yeah. and is still an Indian, right? Yeah. Now, Santana and Santana loved playing here. His numbers last year, I won't go through them. They're bad. His, his stat line last year was really bad, and it showed. Um, and this wasn't just bad stats. It showed. He didn't look good. He is about ready to turn 35. Jared just, again, made too much sense. Well, we knew, yeah, we knew that after the season prior that he was going to have to come back to earth. We knew that that might have been a little bit of an anomaly, um, but at the same time, uh, it came fast, kind of like it did with Kipnis, kind of like Kipnis. Yeah, it did. Kipnis is a fair comparison. I'd even say last year was worse than any of the Kipnis years later Mm. towards his career. Mm. Santana really, outside of getting walks, it was hard. It was hard. He had some big home runs, yeah, and that's about it. I mean, honestly, that's about it. But he's he's on his way, and it made too much sense. And there's well, nothing else to say. As a reminder, as we roll into the interview with Mandy, um, this Indians team is going to be reliant on their young talent. We're talking about Fron Mill. We're talking about Naylor. We're talking about Karen Chak moving into that closing position at some point. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that young that that, that young rotation that is is the best in baseball until someone proves otherwise. Now, of course they struggled at the, you know, at the end of the year, the the Yankees. we don't want to talk about that. We talk about it with the interview anyway, but we know that the young talent is there. We know young talent is coming up and we'll be filling spots in the outfield. Um, it, it, this it, again, we can call it a rebuild. Um, but, but I don't, maybe I'm naive. I'm not turning the lights off on this team next year well, um, because again, because that rotation is so good that yeah. if you can average, if you can squeak out three runs a game like they did this season um, and maybe you catch fire with these young guys, especially if a, if a healthy Tito comes back and can wrangle these cats and make them do something fun, you know, I, of course, I, you know, maybe that's fool's gold at the maybe. same time over the next couple of years, if we're talking about a longer term vision for the team, they do have pieces in place yes. that they that they will be able to get by on and do pretty well with. Um, the, the next thing is going to be when does the money come back? When do the revenue streams come back? When does everything get back to normal per se regarding attendance, regarding uh, every other way that the Indians need to make that money so that we can get those players in 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 key in key spots at, you know in the year if they are pushing uh, and making a run. Um, you know, that stuff will continue, but the money's got to come back, Andy. And, and I mean, it just does. And I know that people bitch and complain about the Dolans, but the Dolans have spent money. They've done things to, 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 to make the team better at times. It goes back and forth. It's not always perfect. And we know mm-hmm. that the Dolan, that, that, that Mr. Dolan does not do all that well um, in front of a TV camera, reminding no. us all to enjoy Frankie when we no. can. Right. I mean, that's, that's no. still, that still lingers in my mind right now, especially in this situation. Um, but I really, I really think that, and, and we're, by the way, we're saying Indians, they're not even going to be the Indians. So well, there's, there's a lot of transition. I mean, to yeah. what Jared said, I would not expect big free agent signings. And in fact, I think you need to see not some of these while. young, you, you need to see these young kids play would be my argument. Um, Jared makes a very fair point. They are transitioning. Um, it's not a complete rebuild, but they are transitioning. Um, my expectations for this team will be a lot lower than it was this year. 
uh, meaning like I'm not expecting playoffs. Um, playoffs would be a really pleasant surprise. Maybe my maybe my mind and heart will change by the time it's April, but right now it's it's pretty much there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm just really saying it's not an impossibility. That's all. I'm saying not, that there's impossible. Is... Not impossible. Right. Not, not impossible. J Ram won the Silver Slugger Award this week. So kudos to him. He was the best hitting third baseman in the AL. And then on Tuesday of this week, which is election night, so on election night, which was weird, they announced that Roberto Perez won the gold glove for catcher, which he deserved. He was by far the best fielding catcher. And and, um, Cesar Hernandez won the gold glove too. His first one ever for second base for the Tribe. Probably won't be here, but he also won the gold glove. So those are the rest of the stuff. And to cap off what my partner just said, and then we'll get right into Mandy, I'll leave it like this. I think this is a transition time. It doesn't mean the Indians are depleted of talent. We know they have one of the best young starting pitching. I mean, not just young, but talented. McKenzie looks real. Savali's got some length under him now, meaning I think he's got some years where I think he'll be good. I think he's going to get better. That kind of stuff along with Plesak, you know what you're getting from Kuki. And, of course, Bieber. I mean, they have a solid starting five. So that is a foundation, and that's why it's not a complete rebuild. They have some foundation starting pitching. Now it's filling in the rest. Okay. Well, uh, without further ado, here's our conversation with Indians beat reporter, Mandy Bell. Hey, we're going to do a wrap up of the Indians 2020 season here. Uh, for those of you who listen to our podcast, this is the Browns bi-week edition recording it a little bit early. And we've got someone who we haven't seen in a very long time. Indians beat reporter, Mandy Bell joins us to recap what was uh, quite a full year of Cleveland Indians 2020 season. Uh, it was uh Wow. Just the fact that they pulled it off, Mandy, made me as happy as uh, I could be right now, to be honest. I know. I mean, there was so much uncertainty going into the year. Uh, So many of us didn't even expect to get to this point in the postseason to see it get to the World Series. Um, I'm just relieved that we've made it to this point and and that we got here and that you could have somewhat of a season, like a full feel um, of a season. I know it was short. It went so fast. It was so, so quick. but I, I, yeah, it was exciting. And I think that it was as fun as it possibly could have been for, for how quick it, it went. Well, let me ask the captain obvious question. <laughs> what is your thoughts on the Lindor situation? You had some interesting comments after the year. Um, I think the Indians, I mean, I was going to go down this road anyway, so I'll go down quickly. I think the Indians are in a weird transition period. They have great <laughs> pitching. Plesak, obviously Bieber, uh, McKenzie's exciting, really, really, really exciting. Mm. But it feels like the Indians are kind of transitioning at the same time. What is your vibe? And kind of goes into Lindor, I think. What what do you think? I know there's no magic answer, but what do you think the possibilities are for Lindor now? It's tough. I mean, I think I think their their goal the last few years it's been pretty clear is to cut payroll. Um, mm-hmm. But now I think with the effects of COVID, it's going to be slash payroll I I just think it's they have to get down even lower um and it's tough because you're going to see that a lot around the league this offseason everybody's going to have to um and for a team that was already trying to make that their goal um having financial loss is probably the worst thing that you could have happen uh so I I think it's going to be tough so if you would even try to imagine um them allowing Lindor to to play out his time in Cleveland um or maybe they somehow would try to, to sell them at the deadline to a team that was just trying to make a push or something. Um, it seems like those are both just off the table. I mean, he's going to be making $20 million around there yeah. next year. That's a lot of money for a team that's not, not trying to have a big payroll for 2021. So um, I think that all signs are sort of pointing, pointing towards him 
being moved this off season. Um, I think they missed their window last year. Um, I know they were pushing and pushing for the exact deal they wanted. Uh, and, and that's their thing. They never sell for a penny less than what they want. But um, mm-hmm. I think if they could have been uh, given a crystal ball to know what this year was going to hold, they would have <laughs> definitely pulled the trigger last year. Uh, so it's going to be different. I think it's going to be tough. It's not going to be really a market where a lot of teams are trying to take on hefty deals. So it's yeah. it's going to be weird to see how this plays out um, for somebody like Lindor, especially when he had such an inconsistent year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, it seems like they're going younger and younger. And, and, uh, and I mean, with that, it comes cheaper as well. Mandy, uh, to continue on the the payroll issue, when we're talking about the slashing of payroll and how small market and mid market teams are going to struggle, are we going to see any of those same struggles out of teams like the New York Yankees, like the Dodgers, or is their money just going to continue to flow no matter what? Well, I mean, they definitely have more than small market teams for sure. Um, but you already hear the narrative of they're trying to cut back. Now they're cutting back isn't getting under a hundred million. Uh, they're cutting back is, well, let's float around 200 million. So it's a, it's a little bit different, um, two different ball, uh, ballparks in that, in that range, just a little bit. but they are, they aren't going to be just like last year where the Yankees basically handed Garrett Cole a check and said, fill it out. Like, I mean, it, it's not going to be um, something like that. I don't think you, you'll see, you'll see big splashes like that, but I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I guess I wanted to bring that up because I didn't know whether it would give some hope to Indians fans that there's some sort of possibility that Lindor's not going to find a deal elsewhere, but Lord knows that's probably not going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be different because everybody's going to take a hit from this, but, and it's, it's going to be a few years. I think everybody's going to feel this for a few years. Um, but no matter what, it's still going to be the same situation because the Indians are being hit the same. So no matter what his number is, even if it's a smaller number, the Indians now can't afford even that smaller number. They have to go smaller than that. So I think it's just changing that scale a little bit. So uh, it's still going to be the the bigger spending teams, I think, that are going to end up getting him long term just because that's just who can afford him. I think the Rays gives us hope, us being Indians fans. The mm-hmm. Rays and how they're playing, I, I'm really hopeful. I won't lie. I probably have a Devil Rays t-shirt on somewhere. I'm hoping they <laughs> win. I think that'd be great. Um, Kevin Cash, too, is an, is an ex-Indian guy. Before we go down the fun road of the Yankee series, I do want to say I thought this year was a – I know, Jerry, we have to. Though. It was a lot of fun this year. I really enjoyed the last week, especially in the regular season. Um, I really enjoyed the White Sox series. I love mm-hmm. beating those guys. It's great. Um, I don't like the White Sox. So it's always fun. And um, in particular, I think people forget Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez had great, great seasons. And I think, Mandy, and I want you to answer this question. I think they're going to win both awards. I think J Ram's going to win MVP. And I really think, I think Shane Bieber's a lock. Talk about those two and talk about, I just don't think it's, I, don't, I think it's forgotten. Those two guys had wonderful, wonderful seasons. They absolutely did. I, I don't think that there's any way anyone takes that from Shane Bieber. I think that is as much of a slam dunk as any year possible. Um, the shortened season sh- certainly helped that, but it also, in a way, it's like, he only had a certain amount of time to stand out so much. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to make that separation in such a little amount of time, um, I think that in itself is impressive. Uh, it's tough because there's always going to be that little asterisk that everyone's like, oh, well, it was a short year. Right. Um, he won the MLB pitching triple crown, but everyone's like, okay, well, do it oh, for a full season. And so you hear those things, but 
Um, I, I think one of my favorite things, uh, I was asked for like my last inbox that I wrote and someone said, um, I th- it was Sarah Langs who said, what was your favorite Indian stat this year? And I think like, no matter what, my favorite one is going to be that he hit a hundred strikeouts quicker than any pitcher ever, um, in the fewest amount of innings. And that stretches all seasons. It doesn't matter how many games they had this year. That just allows everybody to put it in perspective, no matter how many games they ended up playing, just the pace that he got off to. So no matter what, I think it's, it's pretty clear how historic his start was. Um, it's upsetting that we didn't get to see it at its full right. length, right. Um, but it was fun for whatever it was. So I think he's a slam dunk. Jose Ramirez, I mean, his case is really more um, like, I think it's more impressive because he came on when his team needed him most. I know. And I think that was the biggest thing for him. He hit a little bit of a skid in August. I know Mm -hmm. he was dealing with those thumb issues um, and that played a big role. And, uh, but he was still able to do decently well playing through all of that. Um, But when he turned it on, it was when the Indians were, were just falling apart. They needed something. And he basically single-handedly pulled them (laughs) out of a, a losing skid and force their way into making sure they clinched a playoff spot. And not only did they clinch a playoff spot, they ended up pulling themselves out of their little wild card spot to get into home field advantage. So I think his case is impressive more so because he did it at the time that he was needed most. I think it's going to be more difficult for him. Of course. Um, I think Jose Abreu definitely has a case. I think there's definitely going to be guys that are giving him more uh, of competition than what Shane Bieber is going to be up against. But uh, I think it's going to be fun for Indians fans to be able to have two guys coming up uh, with the possibility of true possibility of winning. I think that what helps, um, by the way, Sarah Lang and Mandy Bell tweet at each other and they're very fun and they give great stats and peep. I follow, um, not trying to creep, mm-hmm. but I follow and I read the stats and they are wonderful, wonderful stats. She's Sarah Lang knows her stuff. Um, yeah. and as you do too, knows her stuff. She gives great tweets. She's the best. She really is very, very clever with two of their tweeting. Um, the one thing I was going to mention though, with J Ram, I thought the white Sox series and how they won in that week elevated mm-hmm. him to MVP. Because that was head to head, and I know I forget the other guy's name right now. I know it's a Brayu and the leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the guy loves to do bat flips until the White Sox get bat flips on them. Anderson, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a whole fun thing this year too. So okay, let's go down the road now. Now the Yankee series was bad. Okay, all that to be said, it was ba- it was bad. It was not good, no. but I will say I thought some things from that developed. Now to my going future question. Josh Naylor's exciting. <laughs> I like where Reyes is going. I think Jose, I, I think, um, I'm sorry, Reyes has got a career here. I really do. I like him a lot. But I think we're seeing some transition from that series before we get on the field stuff. I thought we really saw, I hate to say it, I love Los. I think the, and the Carlos Santana might be here. Um, Perez, wonderful cat glove. I don't I don't know how much long I can go with that out of glove. Mandy, what did you see from that series outside of game two, which we'll get to, that maybe you see in the future for 2021 Indian stuff? Yeah, I mean it's tough. That was a that it's so tough to analyze so much in such a, mm-hmm. a short series, and it was it was such a quick turnaround, and yeah. and the pitching was so different from oh, what we man. saw the whole year. Um, even the bullpen, it was it was a lot. But I I do mm-hmm. agree. Josh Naylor oh, is love fun. Him. That, I love was, him. that was fun. I know there was a lot of question marks whenever that that trade happened. There was a lot of people who did not like that trade. Um, I think there's still going to be a, a few years left for them to prove that yep. they they earned that trade and that they won that trade. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come into to how those minor league guys uh, end up panning out. But I think uh, 
the passion that Naylor has was oh. evident and it was so much fun when he got pinch hit for and he came out and you could see that he was just steaming. And then two seconds later when Luplo had that game tying double, I mean, no one was more pumped than Naylor. Oh. And that was so cool. Great. It was so fun. Um, but like you said, I, I think that the the future uh, is going to be Fran Mo Reyes in, in the yeah. in the middle of this lineup. And, and yeah. it, he has a few more years until he hits free agency. He's young. He's, he's exciting. He's, He's lovable. I mean, the fan base, oh. uh, the more he's on TV, the better, because fans yep. can just fall for this guy. And I think he's going to be the great smiling personality that can Good take call. over if, uh, if and when Lindor does get moved. So I, I think that, that that's going to be a, a nice space for the franchise moving forward. Mandy, my opinion of that three-game series with the Yankees is that it was a microcosm of all of the bad things that the Indians had to deal with throughout the season, whether it be their bats or whether it be certain struggles at times with inexperience on the mound. That that seemed to just – it just put a spotlight on all of the, the, the bad things about this team throughout the season, and it just amplified them in those three games. What do you think when I say that? Yeah, it was – it was weird, especially game two, because it, in a way, it seemed opposite of what they dealt with all season because it was terrible pitching yeah. and the bats kept them in it. And it just seemed like that was that was so opposite of everything that we've seen this year. And in so many games, they've been held to five or fewer hits and scored to two or fewer runs. And it was like the same storyline every single night. Um, it feels like forever ago now, but like that game too was just so exhilarating because somehow the offense just kept answering and you're like, this, this isn't, this hasn't happened all year. <laughs> and you just kept expecting the pitching to just be like, okay, then the pitching will just get it together and they'll close it out like they have. And they just couldn't. So it was so strange to have that opposite. Um, but I do see like the same way where it was just like, there was just small little things that it's just like, they're, they're close, but they're not there. And that's how you yeah. felt all season. Like they have a couple guys here and there. Um, but you had Lindor who wasn't Lindor this year. And no, that, no. that was, that hurt. And you could feel that every single game. Um, and then Fran Reyes had a scorching hot August, but that was really it. And so it was just difficult to go back and forth. So, um, you felt it in that series, but then you also it saw the complete opposite of everything that you watched during the regular season. Do, do you think that the shortened season uh, elevated the team or kind of held them back? Do you think a longer season would have played more into their favor? Because I personally thought coming into the season that a short season would have played to their favor more than a full season, just by the way that they were built. I think, I think that answer is different for what aspect you're asking about. I think for pitching, I think it definitely was a an advantage. And I think for hitting, it was definitely a disadvantage. Um, overall, I think the pitching would be able to sustain success better than the offense can. So I think overall, a longer season probably would have benefited them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, this team's notorious for their slow offensive starts. I mean, that's yeah. just how it is for Tito and, um, Tito's always ready to turn it on in the second half. And that's just what we've seen over the last few years. You saw it, um, after June last year is whenever they really started kicking it up. So, I mean, you just, you, you get sort of into that same rhythm year after year. And I think going into it, so many of us kept asking, are you guys concerned about that? Because I mean, mm. we've asked Tito, we asked all of them, you guys know how you start every year. Is right. that a concern? And they're like, no, of course not. Um, they're never going to say it is a concern, obviously. 
Um, but I mean, I think that's something that you, you have to consider because it takes some of those guys some time. And then whenever it's not clicking right away, um, I'm sure you can have more pressure on yourself because you're thinking, Oh no, this is only 60 seasons or 60 games in a season. I don't have 162 to figure it out. So then you press more. If you have like a Lindor situation, he might've been putting more pressure on himself and that, than that chance. And then he doesn't get into a rhythm like he would have in a longer season. I never know. I felt Lindor putting pressure on himself. Um, He had some moments. I mean, he had a big home run in a couple of places. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely. But like, I know what you mean. He, he wasn't Lindor free agent Lindor. We're being honest. Um, In fact, you felt that anywhere is Hernandez. Hernandez clutch hits every time. Um, I see hipster Tito's calling. Before I get to hipster, is there any chance they sign Hernandez? Any chance? I would love to see him back. Mandy, I really enjoyed him last year. I, I know. And I, and I know that they would love to because mm-hmm. they loved him. And I loved, he loved it here. Um, both sides were very, very uh, clear and saying mm-hmm. that. they both expressed their feelings about it. And he said, I'd love to stay here. Now he was six million last year. Could they afford six million again? Like that's the ballpark that we're in right now. Can you afford a six million type of deal? Does he want more than that after this season? Right. Um, can he sign for something around there? So we we asked that question earlier this year, um, and, and or like right after the postseason ended, and Antonetti said, "Look, if the funds are there, that's something that we would love to do." But you could just tell at that point he had he wasn't really sure what their what their blueprint was going to be because yeah. they just ended and they needed to go through and say look like what's going to be the financial outlook of this team let me ask is i thought his comments were interesting and i know you can't predict but i thought antonetti in fairness did a good job of explaining we really don't know the financial future of for next year and i think that goes throughout baseball but this is why this is i just think how to say it i just think it's time to transition a little bit I think it's time to see Bobby Bradley. I think it's time to see Daniel Johnson. Yeah, and we, I I, we, we've both talked about that, where, where it, 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 it felt like it was time. We were wondering why we weren't seeing some of these guys at certain mm-hmm. points. Uh, yeah. and, and maybe part of it is, is it was harder to make certain decisions. I mean, well, maybe. I don't know. And, 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 and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Did, did, did Tito not being there um, for, yeah. for the end, back end of the season, um, did that have any effect on certain moves that they would have made uh, in that realm? I'm, I I don't know. It's tough because you don't, it's hard to measure the impact of what Tito is from afar, especially when we were removed from the clubhouses this year, we couldn't see what that chemistry was like. Um, So it was difficult to measure, Mm -hmm. but the, the same answers that we kept hearing from the players over and over again was just like how much they were missing Tito. And like, you know what kind of an impact he can have. You know how much he can help in those types of situations, um, bringing more young guys up and, and integrating them. Um, I, I don't know if he was a big role in that or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised that Daniel Johnson didn't get more of a chance this Me past too. year. Yeah. Me too. Um, I mean, especially because their outfield was their the offensive numbers were like historically bad for them, yeah. um, and it it just seemed like it, it can't get worse. So why not? But they just never mm-hmm. really did it, and I and I, I was really really shocked by that. So um, I would expect him to get more of a shot next year. Uh, yeah. They seemed very optimistic about the work that Jake Bowers has put in, and mm-hmm. I was surprised he didn't even get a chance at all this year. I know last year wasn't great for him, but like, again, like I said, just changing it up at all couldn't have hurt. So um, I think they have plenty of, of maybe around average options. Mm -hmm. I think Daniel Johnson can still turn into something, uh, 
pretty solid in the outfield. Uh, they were optimistic about Oscar Mercado's plan and for the offseason to improve because he knew it. He knew he had a, a really, really tough year and uh, it weighed on him and he's ready to enter the offseason and fix all of those minor things that he started just piling up and couldn't fix quickly enough in such a shortened season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know they're optimistic, but there's obviously a lot of concern still for that outfield. I I, I was going to go there real quickly, and then Jared, I'll let you go next. I, I love the Shields, but him sliding around in game two and him misplaying balls was tough, tough to watch. I've been a big supporter of um, Naquin. I don't know, Mandy. I I I, I'm, I agree with you. It's like, I, I guess I'm going to go threefold. I'm glad I was going to ask about Mercado. Any chance for Zimmer at all? Are they going to give him? In your opinion, I know I saw that face. I I don't know. And here's my other thing. I just think now it's like I I like the Shields, but I think he's more off the bench guy. What do they do with this outfield? I was going to ask you, but you kind of already went into it. Well, it's because we thought that they were making – we thought that their outfield would have been improved from from the prior year. We I thought know. that they were on the right track with things, and it just did Never not hand. work out. It, 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 it was my – it made me want to pull my hair so many times. <laughs> I did. mean, it just seems like – it, it, they have too many options. And yes. oh, right, right, right. And 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 who works together and who flows together and who can get their bats uh, going. Wait, the mystery of, of Blue Blow just... and Naquin. Oh, anyways, maybe. I, I can't remember how many games in. Sarah Langs is, is my encyclopedia every single year. If I have any question ever about anything that I want to make sure I get right looking up, I send it to her way. And I said, okay, I want to make sure this is correct. How many how many different combinations of outfielders have they had so far this year? And I think this was like game 46, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they'd already had 25. Oh, and I was like, okay, God, that's, that's an insane lot. number um, to think of throughout that that shortened time period. So, I mean, they they had too many options. I, mm-hmm. They didn't have many outstanding options. But whenever you have too many average options, you don't give any of these guys a chance to settle in. Yeah. So they have a day or two in there and then they're out or they're in a different, uh, they're in left field instead of center. And then they're just moving around. So like not everyone, can... not everyone can be a platoon. Like that, like the no. whole outfield doesn't need to be a platoon all season. It <laughs> doesn't need to be that way. It, I don't know anyone who makes it work that way. Correct. So and then it just seems like there was. You get time, time and you get time. Everybody gets time. <laughs> time. Yeah. Can I get time? Can I get time? Oh, all right. I'm can sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, so that's so exactly upset. what it was. I know. And, and I think that's exactly what it was. They were trying so uh, hard. One night didn't work. So like, all right, let's try something else. And they just didn't give anyone really enough of a chance. And it seemed like the shields became the person yeah, who got the like most the chances. And he was the most consistent in that lineup. Um, and it got tough toward the end because his, uh, his defense, I mean, that's what he was supposed to be known for coming into the year. And his defense was shaky all year long, and it it hurt during the postseason, as short as it was. But it, it did end up hurting, and that was that was difficult to have to to watch that that play out the way it was. Because I mean, uh, okay. you know how many off, uh, outfield options they have, but yeah, it was tough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So hipster Tito parody accounts on Twitter uh, is commenting now. Hated hated how it got to a point that Sandy named his outfield combos. Uh, did, did was Sandy Alomar catching too much flack? Do you think this season from folks? I, I thought he stepped in and did a, a really great job with the team, considering the situation. Um, I think Andy felt the same way. 
Uh, how did Sandy feel settling in and taking over for Tito when he had to? Well, I mean, it was great at the beginning because everything was going well when he first took over. Um, and then they hit that losing streak. And then you could tell that it, he struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, people were tough. Uh, yeah. And he he's new to this and he's not used to taking all of the heat. And he made comments in his pressers where he was like, look, if you have a suggestion, give me a suggestion or like, I, I'm not going to be perfect. Like, uh, I'm this trying is a guy who is used to being loved in that city, no matter what. And it's still yeah. loved. It's uh, absolutely. Tough but I mean, tough tough facing love. this type of adversity isn't something that he's had to deal no with. Bench coach, no hitting coach. Sandy, I'm, I'll just say it. Sandy had no shot. I just felt like the whole year, it's like, Lindor's not going to play up to his ability. You have an outfield that's kind of a mess. It's a pandemic, by the way. Oh, and now to my next question, Clevenger. So let's, hey, Mandy, every year it's Bauer. Now it's Clevenger this year, right? So what did you think of the Clevenger situation? And I actually liked the trade, but I thought the trade, and you kind of alluded to it, was more long-term, which is good. I have no problems there. But outside of Naylor, I mean, I like Quantrill, actually. I think Quantrill needs more of time. But I, but, but two, twofold, what did you think of the trade? And what did you think of that whole situation with Clevenger? The trade, I'll start there because that's probably easier. Um, <laughs> Good call. The trade, I think, uh, like I said, it might take a few years to figure out if that was the move. It definitely didn't hurt their case that Clevenger ended up getting hurt and right. struggling um, to get, to finish out the season. And so that ends up making their, their move look a little bit better. It's not like they could have projected that coming unless he was dealing with stuff that we didn't know about. But mm-hmm. um, it was tough to know because you saw Naylor's offensive numbers and that's what everyone wanted to be fixed now was the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and he wasn't going to be that guy. He mm-hmm. ended up being that guy during the postseason, which ended up being a fun little twist. And that was enjoyable to watch. Um, I think Quantrill could be interesting for them, especially if he does end up becoming a starter because uh, it, it just seems insane that they have a thousand more starting options when they already have the best rotation in baseball, but sure. Like just keep adding. Um, I thought hedges was weird. I thought that was a, a weird move when you have basically two of the same catchers because they're two of the best defensive catchers in the game, not much offense and making about the same amount of money. So <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with that this off season. I'll be intrigued to see if that means that Roberto Perez's option doesn't get picked up, which mm-hmm. would shock me because they really, really do love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond just what he can do with the glove, just how he can manage his staff, especially mm-hmm. young staff. And moving forward, you know how young this pitching staff's about to oh be. And he's just – people can't realize how valuable it is to have someone like Perez there whenever you have guys coming up like that. So I, I, I would be shocked by that. But then Hedges just seems so weird to tack, tack onto that. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, so the trade, I think, is okay. But for now, I think it'll just be we learn more as we go. Of course. Um, the situation was rough. Uh, yeah. that, was, that was difficult. And, and Tito was in – probably the prime of really bad health stuff right before he figured out what was going on wrong. And he had to force himself to come back to this team to address it because he was like, I did not think that they should be addressing this without me there. I thought I should be there. Knowing that information makes me even more angry. I was livid with the entire thing. I was livid. Yep. The fact that I, I, I don't, I don't do well with lying. 
And the fact that Clevenger would lie about the situation, how it went down and kind of sneak around really just for me, whether he's good at baseball or not, whether he has a career that takes him to the hall of fame down the road, I don't even care because there's something, there's something about this where character matters. And you, you saw the connection between him and you saw the attitude trending the same way it did the year prior with the move that needed to be made. And you just knew it wasn't going in a good place. I thought better of Clevenger earlier and it turned out that he just did. I'm sorry. His actions spoke louder than anything else. And it's, it's very hard to forgive after something like that. I'm sure the team was not happy. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the team was very clear in how they felt. Um, You could hear it in their comments. You could hear it in how seriously they took it. Uh, we talked to Shane Bieber before we found out about Clevenger, before whenever we thought it was just Plesak that, that went out. Um, and that was handled okay. I mean, Plesak was caught in, in by what he said was uh, MLB security on his in his Instagram video, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but uh, he was caught and he was reported to the team and, and they handled it the way they should have. And I thought that that was really well done. It gets difficult whenever you know that Clevenger was in the team meeting the next day when everyone was talking about how serious this was and he didn't speak up. Um, It gets even more serious whenever you have Mm -hmm. someone like Carlos Carrasco, who's in that clubhouse, who's high risk. Um, And that gets even more serious because then he's now flying with Clevenger Clevenger and Carrasco are flying together on the same plane. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it just got, it got got tough Mm -hmm. because Clevenger talked about his role as a leader this year because you didn't have Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber um, you still have Carrasco there, obviously, as a veteran presence, but Clevenger was next. I mean, yeah. not, there's no, there's not many guys with experience in this, on this team. And so to have that as, as that person who's supposed to be stepping up in that leadership role was difficult. Um, not only did he mess up, but then he lied. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't understand because all the attention became on Clevenger at that point. Everyone yes, was like, Clevenger messed up. And that allowed Police Act to sort of scoot by until he decided to post a video <laughs> that just <laughs> while he's driving while he's driving while driving and not just one video it was wasn't it multiple didn't he have to keep recording or record a couple separate yeah i got, like i can understand i'm gonna take the phone off of this kid and and i will say that his saving grace is that he's he's you know, a very as, as young as any 39 yeah. year old father of two will say he's young and dumb yeah, young. right and and that's where I, I can give him a little bit of forgiveness he, he thought he was trying to own up the things, but boy, those words did not come out correct. There was a lot of deflecting there. He sounded not so smart in that vi- in, in those series of videos. Um, but again, again, he's someone that I think, uh, you know, that influence of Clevenger making him think it was okay. There, you know, Clevenger, uh, less talky-talky, more dewy-dewy, as I say, when we're going to talk about being a leader. Uh, and Clevenger just did not have that and, and lacked it. So I, I actually want to lead off to that. Uh, hipster Tito, boy, he's obviously on his stuff tonight, because I was going to ask the same question. Who is the real leader of the yeah. Indians? We and bantered no and no seatbelts. Yes, we know hipster Tito. But we're going to pivot off that. Poor Mandy needs a different question. So there we go. The leadership is I think the face of this team, Shane Bieber. But if you ask me who the leader of this team is, you know, obviously it's Lindor while he's here. No question. I would say it's probably J-Ram somewhere too. After the game, the one thing I noticed, Mandy, is I saw Reyes and Naylor hanging out after the game and really taking in all the moments afterwards. I get the feeling that torch is being passed. Am I wrong? Is there something? Like, I think it's going more towards Reyes. I think it's going more in towards that direction. And I think Shane Bieber. 
who are the real leaders of the Indians going in 2021, if you had to answer that? I think that was a problem for 2020. I think yes, that they didn't was. have any. Um, yep. And they and, and Tito's big thing is never appointing a leader. And I understand that because that puts unnecessary pressure on somebody who might not be ready to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't have the clear cut, like Michael Brantley type of guy that just steps into that seamlessly, you're sort mm-hmm. of without leadership. Um, mm-hmm. especially on a really young team. So Lindor tried and, and it was tough for us to get a vibe of, of who was trying to step in when we didn't right. see it in the clubhouse. But from the way everyone talked, um, it seemed like Lindor tried to take on most of that responsibility. Um, but I think moving forward, it's, it's going to be Shane Bieber for the pitchers uh, yeah. a thousand percent. I, th- I, it's, I know we say that Zach Plesak is young, but he's the same, uh, he's older than Shane Bieber. And so, um, <laughs> and they're Fair both, point. Older, they're Fair both point. older than I am. So, uh, and so he's Fair point. Of, Fair <laughs> point. Fair point. That's fair point. <laughs> but you look at someone like Shane Bieber and he's just, there's no words. He yeah. is as mature as it gets. He's as humble as it gets. He's as mm-hmm. down to earth as it gets. There's no better person that you're rooting to be a superstar than yep. that. And so it's just, and I think that he seamlessly will be that. He'll be Agreed. that leader. Um, for the bullpen, I think it was hard this year not to be Oliver Perez because yep. the 18 season. I love that league. guy. Bring him back. Bring him this salt and pepper beer. Sorry, bring him you back. beat me to love it, him. damn it. Love him. Love him. All right. I'm going to do a couple checkpoints. Here we go. I love Tristan McKenzie. Very, very excited. I want to bring everybody up to him. I'm very excited about him. I, Mandy knows this, Jared knows this. I love Karen Jack. I know what he did in the playoffs with Bizarre, and he didn't play well. I do there's love Karen Jack. There's some growing up that needs There's to some growing there. up to do. He yeah. bit his glove. He got, I just, I yeah, felt there bad were some for, certain nights where he looked a little. Too I know. Angry. I felt bad for, I just, I still love Karen Jack. I'm getting my jersey. I love it. Mandy, I like Karen Jack a lot. I'm excited about him. I'm excited. We talked about Naylor. Talk about McKenzie, Karen Jack. Some of these other young guys you mentioned, you mentioned Daniel Johnson in the last two years with us. Yeah. Who are these younger guys who you see coming up or maybe who already are up that's like, keep your eye on? I, I just think those two guys in particular, McKenzie and Karen Jack, really excite me. I like both a lot. McKenzie, for sure. I think he's, I think he has sort of that calm, cool, collected yes. nature that Bieber has. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because like so many of their young pitchers have that. And it's like they obviously are doing something. Like whether they just are looking for that trait in high school kids or college kids, wherever they're finding them in the draft, or they're able to to sort of instill that in them in the minors, it's impressive because they come up and they don't act like the moment is too big um, Mm -hmm. ever. Um, You can't say the same about the hitters because it seems like that they take some time and it seems like a lot of these moments can end up being too big. Um, But the pitching is just unbelievable. The young pitchers can handle it. And uh, so I think McKenzie's going to be exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. It was fun to watch him this year. It was fun to watch him adjust. And, and he's, he's as real as it gets. So you ask him like, well, what, do, what have you learned? I mean, you, you obviously are going to learn a lot. He said, the first thing I learned is that I have so much more to learn. And I already thought I had a lot to learn. Yeah. And so he's, he's constantly trying to adapt and improve. And I think that's going to continue. And I think he's going to be everything they hoped for as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, his frame is tough for him to not, yeah. get injuries. It's tough when you're tall and lanky like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, a- any type of little muscle thing can, can pop up. So, um, as long as he's healthy, I think he, he could be fantastic. I think Karen check has really the, the possibility of turning into their closer. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and I think he could be a lockdown closer as long as he keeps working on that fastball command when yes. his fastball's working. Yes. I mean, he's, he's Forget really it. tough yeah. to hit. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's exciting too. And I think the the other young person that I'll throw on the radar now is, is I think it's finally time to be Nolan Jones. I mean, yes. um, I think he'll come up at some point. I don't know if it'll be right away because of, you know, you got to look at the, the their clocks and stuff. And I'm sure they're going to try to make sure that they get him up at the appropriate time. But um, I do think he'll be up in 2021 at some point. Uh, they're working with him now in the fall league to to have a little bit more defensive versatility because they want they want Jose Ramirez a third. Okay. I, I know over the last few years they've they've questioned could they move him. Um, they seem very confident. Antonetti said he's hmm. established, and I think we're comfortable with him there. So I mean that's as straightforward as the Indians hmm. will get. So I think uh, I think we all realize hmm. that, that they like him there. So I think. They're trying to to get Nolan Jones here quickly because mm. why not? Um, mm-hmm. I think they might want to start him to get because of this weird season where they just basically played against each other at Lake County. Um, he'll have to get some a few games uh, under his belt, maybe a Triple A and stuff because he hasn't he hasn't been there yet. Um, but I, I don't think it'll take him long. They're trying him in the corner and outfield spots. They're trying him at first base move him around a little bit and get him adapted so that you can just get him up. And I think he'll be up. I think he'll be up at some point in 2021. All right. So I'm going to do uh, four guys. Any, any, um, oh man, I forgot. Uh, Brad Han. Brad Han. Is he coming back? Yes or no? Do you think? No, I think they could pick up his option and then trade him if they think he has trade value. Santana. No. Lindor. No. Wow. Everybody's gone. I told you folks, this might be happening. So, okay. So Mandy, so with all that being said, is it officially time to say maybe the Indians are with a Cy Young award winner and possible MVP transitioning into somewhat of a rebuild? Is that fair? It's the, they've seems like they continue to do it. They're towing a line where they don't fully enter a rebuild. It's like they're partially, Mm -hmm. but they're trying to make sure but it's hard. I mean, it's hard to actually yeah. enter a rebuild when you have the best rotation in baseball. I don't know how you well can ever said. enter that because if you have pitching, you're always in the games. And yeah. part of the pitching is 23, 24-year-olds who are lights out. And so when you have that, I mean, that's my goodness. That yeah. is a- uh, On nights where you can score two or three runs, like that's and, and if, that, if that's what your rotation is giving you. Yeah, that's, that's automatically keeping in it, Mandy. That's something that, you know, I think could make Indians fans happy, at least that through this time and the development of these young guys that are going to have to come up, going to have to step in, going to have to start playing position on a daily basis. Uh, no more platooning in the outfield all season uh, that that it might be, you know, baseball worth watching still, especially I, I, because of the pitching. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think uh, that the the biggest thing was this year, as long as they scored three runs, they basically won. It was almost locked up. I'm trying to remember. I think it was, what was it? They're 29 and they were 29 and six in games that they scored at least three, which I mean, that's insane. (laughs) They they were were great. Um, We've almost kept your 45 minutes, Mandy, which is a long time, but I have one more question. One more. If you could wrap up in a bow, 2020 Mm -hmm. Indians, what would it be? Well, you can have a sentence or a paragraph or a few words. I know, I know. Tough question. I, I mean, I think it. I think it all comes down to Shane Bieber. I mean, I guess if the only thing that you remember about 2020 is going to be Shane Bieber, um, but I think it's it's just tough because uh, the offense just took so much attention because it was it was so bad at times, and so. Um, I think it's just 2020 was elite pitching 
with some with very inconsistent bats. So, but I mean, if we're narrowing it down to one thing, it's hard to not pin Shane Bieber's name to this season because he was everything. Electric stuff. Uh, two more things to get into. One, uh, when I get my new Indians tattoo to replace the old one, what is it going to be? Oh, good question. Thank you. Yes. Oh man, I know. Uh, Spiders? I know a lot of people are rooting for the spiders. I know that that's going to be. The the I like the spiders. I think the Buckeyes would be fun too. I, I started the Guardians started to grow on me. Guardians are okay. I've heard the Guardians from a lot of people that are rooting for that. I mean, I think. It is it's working hard. with is the front office working with the Native American communities or different tribes uh, throughout the region? Does that is that going to have any effect on possibly keeping some sort of Native American uh, heritage team name by chance? I wonder. I wondered that because um, I know they want to make sure that those groups are included in this process mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are directly impacted by it. Right. So yes, right. they want to make sure that the the group who is most associated with this has as much of a voice in it as possible. Um, so they are planning to do that. I know they already had started that process, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's going to go all se- off season um, and continue that. I don't know if they'll be able to come up with something that would come up with, with tie it together. I know some people were maybe even guessing that they just leave it as tribe. Um, maybe I they that could do actually like, cause I mean, that's already been something that everyone has already referred to them as. Um, but when you think of something as big as changing the entire franchise name, like that's not something that you can just come up with overnight. So I'm sure there's just hundreds of voices having to oh, be weighed. Oh, could you imagine that nightmare? There's a, there's a team in Washington that already gave up on it. So I know exactly. I mean, <laughs> they, just said, they just said, "Forget it. We're not even going to bother. We don't care." We're just, just call Cleveland, Cleveland baseball team, and we're done. Like, let's just call it a day. Uh, on one final serious note, um, how's Tito, and and how are things going to play out with him uh, in the future? Because we. Uh, we, we talk about him on a regular basis on the show. We care about his health. We want him to be okay. Mm-hmm. We know that COVID uh, it scared the hell out of me regarding his, his health and being around the team, um, especially when some of the things went down that did. Um, but where, where is, where is Tito now? If you can speak to that and how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you think he comes back next season? You know, I, it was nice to have a zoom call with him after the season ended to see him and know firsthand what he looked like because we saw what he looked like when he came back that week during the Clevenger and police act mess. And he wasn't himself. You could tell he was uncomfortable. You could tell that he was off. Um, and he was himself again. And that was, that was really reassuring because to to take Tito out of baseball takes a lot. And you knew it had to be serious for him to be away from the team as long as he was. And, um, they, they kept it very under wraps. We didn't know the extent of it until he released it himself. Um, and I think that's good. I think that's good that he handled that on his own without having to take any analyzation from anybody. And he just went and um, had all of his blood clotting stuff and everything that he had to go to the ICU for four days. I mean, it was a, it was a rough stretch for him. Um, but he seemed to be in a lot better shape when we talked to him in mid October. Um, it was about a week after he left Cleveland or two weeks after he left Cleveland. He left right after the, the postseason ended. His doctors cleared him to go to Arizona, back to where he lives um, in the offseason. And they felt confident in him leaving. He's going to take um, some, some physical therapy to try to build himself back up again. Um, and he was really in a good spot. He was typical Tito, laughing and joking and making fun of his health, as always. Um, 
And that was just great to see and hear. And he seems ready to come back. I think he, I think the biggest thing is that he feels guilty, which he shouldn't because he should not ever feel guilty for taking care of that. And you know, everyone in the Cleveland organization is making sure he doesn't. Um, But that's just who he is. And he feels guilty that he was not able to be there for his team this season. And I think that's the biggest driving force for him to get better and to be in a better state to be back next season. And I, and he seemed very confident that he'd be back. Brad Mills, they're not as confident. He said that Mills was going to go out and fly out with um, and stay with him in Arizona for a little bit so they could just have a week or two to just chill and talk about it, relaxed setting and see um, because of his family situation with his grandson passing away in spring training and everything. So um, I wanted to ask how he was doing, too, actually. Um, So, yeah, there I think they're working through that. I don't I don't know what that decision is going to end up being, because that was that was tough on his family. Um, And so I I think that one's going to be a bigger decision. But I I Mm. just it would shock me if Tito is not back and and ready to go, no matter how many more surgeries he needs, because he said, I think I was up to. Like 11 surgeries oh before I even got into August. So I was like, uh, yeah, just in the past year. So uh, he's, it takes a lot to knock that, that man down. So I think he'll be back and, and he'll be ready to, to have his little revenge on, on 2021 after a rough year of 2020. Yes. Hey, switching gears real quick to Facebook. Uh, we got to throw some love Mandy's way. Yeah. Shannon Mayer. <laughs> Mandy Bell is the best beat reporter in the land. So oh, thanks, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon with the most out. Mandy, thank you. Again, I will repeat, everybody should follow Mandy, of course. Mandy Bell. What's your handle? Mandy Bell? Zero two. Mandy Bell zero two. And Sarah Lang, the great. Mandy Bell one. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody out there is Mandy Bell one. If you want to put it up for sale, obviously someone who's a Penn State grad might be a little anxious to get that back. (laughs) Um, And Sarah Lang is a great follow as well. Mandy, Mm -hmm. thank you. Wonderful reporting as always. And we hope to see you next time, you know, whenever that is. Um, hopefully when we're talking about Lindor staying, maybe we make a big trade for someone and, you know, big things or maybe the new Indians. But every but in either case, it'll be fine. Don't forget to- don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond on Twitter at CLE and beyond. Shoot us an email, Andy and Jared at gmail.com. J-A-R-I-D is how you spell that. Check out the website, clevelandbeyond.net. We are part of Waiting for Next Year. Check them out. Original Cleveland Sports Reporting at waitingfornextyear.com and also soon to announce with Evergreen Podcast. Mandy, as always, a pleasure. Love having you on. And uh, thanks for helping us put a bow on this season with the Cleveland Indians. Thank God they were able to pull it off uh, in the end <laughs> safely. And we are looking forward to talking to you more next season uh, and before the season starts uh, to get an update on 2021. Thank you so much. Have a good Absolutely. night, Mandy. Thanks, guys. Take care. You know, that right there, it, I think she said it best where it's like, you know, you can feel the transition coming, Jared. You can feel things that are going on in the clubhouse. You can feel... Um, all the things that we were talking about and Mandy always does a great job, but you could tell it's hard putting into words what it was because Shane Bieber's electric. How could you not get excited about Josh Naylor and McKenzie and Reyes? How could you not? But at the same time, you can feel the rebuild. You hate saying it, but you can feel the rebuild. You can feel it. It's not a big rebuild, but it's a rebuild. I am surprisingly happier coming out of that interview than I was going in. That's good. Mandy gave me the warm and fuzzies by reminding me that this team has the best pitching staff, the best rotation in baseball. Tito will be coming back. And there is a lot of young talent that will have time to develop. And again, she reminded us three runs will get them a win. So I'm with you. I'm with you to look. There's a lot to decipher. 
everybody can go back and listen to the Yankees thoughts. But here's what I will say about this. In fact, those Yankee thoughts, someone should do a film on that. Oh, all right. Someone is. But anyways, um, getting a little plug in there. Getting a little plug. A little plug, plug. All that to be said, I thought, though, this season was so complicated because we forget in all this long, in all this long, a long season, you have the whole incident with Clevenger. And then you had the whole stuff, too, with Plesak. And I grew hipster Tito. It is happening. It's okay. I'm with, I'm with Tito. Yep. I love the Reyes, Beebs, and Tristan experience. I'm ready. I will throw in there, Karen Chak. I know so many people aren't. I do. I'm excited about him. And I really, really do want to see Allen. I'm ready to see Bobby Bradley playing. I'm ready to see Daniel Johnson playing. I'm ready to see these things happening. Uh, yeah, so am I. So I'm ready to start uh, let's get ready. Hey, uh, one more for us, Andy. Uh, EJ says Clark uh, on Facebook. Clark is pointing, saying hi, hi, hi. So hi, from Clark. <laughs> Thanks, EJ. Clark is uh, EJ's young son watching us there on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. That, that is so adorable. We had a lot of comments tonight. Again, thank you very much, everybody uh, joining in and out. And this is what we thought was to be a good time. Again, for people who are listening, this will be during the Browns bye week. For people who are watching us live, obviously, we're live. But all that to be said, we want to put a bonus season because I do. I know Jared is too. We love the Browns. We are diehard. I am a, I watch every game. Jared does too. We watch and listen to every game. And this year was a lot of fun. And I know it's hard to remember that because of that crap that happened in the playoffs. All that to be said, though, it was a fun year during a very complicated year. And I do agree. Again, Hipster Tito said, and I feel the same way. It's exciting to see Reyes. Bieber's ex- obviously exciting. And again, this could be a year with everything that might be forgettable, where they might win the MVP and definitely Cy Young, but maybe both. It's amazing, Jared. It's amazing. And a year that you you almost forget it happened because it's been almost, it's been a month ago, but it's been a special, special year for awards. Big questions, by the way, going in offseason. Big, big, big questions. He's Andy Billman. I am? Yes, I am. I'm Jared Watson. Someone's bedtime's coming up, so we got to go. Call him the tribe, maybe. <laughs> I still like tribe. these names. I like the tribes fine. Clevelanders. I know no one likes that name. I like the Clevelanders. Weird. Spiders is cool. Nope. Guardians is cool. Yep. Um, I'm all that Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Love it. I would do any of those. And check, 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 check. All those names are cool. All those names are cool with me. I just want to see a full season with everybody healthy playing around. And I really would love to s- I'm fascinated. Okay, real quickly for you and I, would you keep Carlos Santana? It's time. I think it's time. Brad Hand. No. I think I would say goodbye. It's tough. Perez. This is a toughie. I don't think I want to get rid of Perez. I think I want to keep him. God, you and I are so like. I Can we transition him into like a player coach? But I think Sandy Leon, we need to say leaving on to somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Hedges and Perez. But I don't want to see Leon Hedges Perez. None of that. Um, none of that. I agree. Everybody, everybody seems to be on our board. I think you keep Perez too. I love Perez. Feels like he's part of this. He's had some big moments. People forget sixteen. He had a couple big home runs. Should I keep talking? 
I love Tom. I drank a lot. I mean, of if you want to turn this into four episodes in one, sure. But I mean, hey, I know it's I'm the bye week. So many people to I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put a clean bow on this. I like know. Andy I, I, and, I, and I keep mucking it up. I keep mucking it up. But anyways, thank He's you, Andy. still Andy Bill. Billman. I am still Andy Billman. I'm still Jared Watts. I might just keep doing a fucking show. <laughs> I got lots of fun. Andy's going to log on by himself. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> no, I got work to do. So. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Cleveland and Beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and Beyond, on Twitter at CLE and Beyond, or shoot them an email at andyandjared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website, clevelandandbeyond.net. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.